0: On this episode of Documento, I'm speaking with Visakan Virasami, a creative writer. Visakan, thank you so much for coming on.
1: Thank you for having me. It's fun.
0: So let's talk about creative writing. Uh, mm-hmm. If we have somebody that's just starting off and is very interested in getting in this field, what would you recommend for them?
1: Uh, I mean, so the first thing is you have to write as much as you can and... You know, so I, I do sometimes get DMs from people about these things and I have a bunch of questions that I would ask them. And the first question is always, you know, oh, okay, you want to be a writer? Like, have you written anything yet? Like, do you have some body of work? Do you have, And you know, I try, I try to suss out kind of where they are along the spectrum. And I mean, kind of, I think the holy grail for a lot of people is they want to be a published author maybe. But in But between I've never written anything in my life and I'm a published author, there are all these intermediate steps and you know, like, so I would ask, do you have a journal? Do you have a journal that you write in for yourself, whether it's pen and paper or in your note file or in your Evernote or something? Uh, do you have that? If you don't, like, um, what's stopping you, right? Because, and then if you have that, and then the next question is, do you have like a public facing, uh, do you have a blog, do you have a Twitter, do you have some place where you are publishing your writing that other people can look at, even if it's drafts? Have you, or maybe in between those two things is like, have you written drafts that you've shared with friends maybe, right? Because there's, there's all these intermediate steps between uh, having, wanting to be a writer and you know, even that is something that you can investigate and you can ask people like, so what, what is it that you want out of writing? And different people have different motivations. I I think almost everybody who gets into writing, every writer has to start out reading first, right? So you... You've read some stuff that was good. So that, and that was the case for me. So I, I was a library nerd as a child. And it just felt very natural to me that when I went to the library and I saw, oh my God, there are so many books about so many different things. Every book is a different universe. And, you know, they, they meant so much to me. And I just felt like I would want to one day kind of give back to that process. So there's that, there's that conversation happening between authors and readers and I have been on one side of the equation for so much of my life and it's added so much value to me. And I kind of feel like one day I want to kind of get on the other side of the equation. And yeah, I think it's important that you know your your motivations, I guess. Or I mean, you don't need to know it in, in a lot of detail, but you kind of have to have the rough picture. Because I do think that there are some people who feel like they should be writers because they hear that writing is very good for you and stuff like that. But they don't naturally feel inclined towards it. And when I meet people like that, you know, I try to, I don't want to kind of, like sometimes people almost want you to persuade them to write when they don't really want to write. And when I (laughs) sense that, when I sense that, I'm like, "Mm, if this isn't really something you really want to do, like is it something you should be trying to get someone else to kind of push you? Maybe you should be doing something else. Maybe you should be making videos. Maybe you should be, dancing, you never know, Like, but you just kind of want to have a very, I think, um, several, several people have said, like, I think there's a Paul Graham essay where he talks about how um, people think they want to be novelists because, uh, like, having written a novel is kind of prestigious, but if you talk to novelists, like, you know, the bulk of doing a novelist's work is the day-in, day-out writing, and after you write, you have to edit, and after you, like, you know, there's a lot of nitty-gritty, in-the-weeds, working with words messing around in sentences kind of work to do and you have to enjoy that work at some level and, and and i have friends who are like fiction authors and they and i have friends who are published authors who say that they don't like doing that work but they get satisfaction from having completed it so you just you just need to figure out where where your motivations are and what is it about that process that appeals to you and i also think that you know it's kind of like um Everybody can tell jokes, but not everybody ends up becoming a stand-up comedian. Not everybody ends up kind of uh, doing a Netflix special, and that's fine, right? You can still enjoy comedy, and you can still enjoy telling jokes, and you can become a funnier person and decide to become a funnier person without ever going and doing stand-up. But and yet, you know, like um, doing an open mic is something that's pretty accessible like a lot of comedy clubs allow people to just kind of walk up on a open mic night and just try it so it's worth trying right so you just want to kind of explore that space and experiment and and just do it and like yeah really so to circle back to the start of the question it's like you know like i want to be a writer what do i do like right you just have to you know like did you write today did you put words down on page or pixel or whatever like just if you keep doing it you'll get better at it and then you next thing you know you Once you've done it consistently for a long-ish period of time, at some point, you cross the threshold from um, I want to be a writer to I write. Writing is the thing that I
0: do. It may be that in this world, people might be looking for shortcuts. But the truth is, the things you do and these 1,000 rep challenges that you do on Twitter... Mm -hmm. It really Mm -hmm. reveals whether this is for you or not. And it's the best way to do it because time will reveal your true talents and your true desires. Mm -hmm. We have two sides of the discussion. We have content and distribution. Mm -hmm. So the content is what I'd like to focus on. But at -hmm. the same time, distribution is incredibly important. We have so many tools at our disposal today to become a better writer, to distribute Mm -hmm. your work. And then you said, I mean, Mm -hmm. some, some of your work could become shows on Netflix or Hulu. I mean, they're always looking for new creative content. So there's, There is that sense of motivation for you to really be yourself and stand out in this world of so Mm -hmm. many publications. The creative writing component. So what are some practical ways to spark your imagination? What have you found to be a good way to get your creative juices flowing?
1: There's there's many, many different frames that you can use to make sense of this. And it really depends on what you're trying to do. Uh, I like... Uh, there, there are a few people who I return to. So uh, Ray Bradbury, the guy who wrote uh, Fahrenheit Four Five oh, yeah. One and Martian Chronicles, he has favorites. this book. Yeah, he's great. He has this book called um, Zen in the Art of Writing, and I, I quite like it. He, it's a collection of essays about writing and his experiences as a writer, and he talks about it in a very, um, quite an. I think that there are two layers to it, and one is like the emotional layer where. You know, he says things like um, a writer should write with with zest and gusto. Like you should slam the page and not. And I, th- I think what he's getting at with that stuff is kind of a you want to get to a stage where you you kind of suspend your your critical thinking in a way, and you want to just like just blurt out whatever's on your mind you want to go fast because when you go slow you overthink every word and sentence and you just want to kind of uh, just keep rambling as quickly as you can and along that way he says things like um with speed comes truth you know things like that and, and um he he says so he has a bunch of suggestions like that he says start with a noun you know pick like a you know, graveyard or, or just, just some word that that means something to you like look around your environment or look at think about your childhood or Whatever it is that's on your mind, just just pick some word, and just start to, like free associating, and just start rambling. And you know, if halfway you start thinking about something that happened to you or something that reminded you of something else, like just roll with it, and just keep going. And then once you just churn out a page of text, and it could be nonsense, right? Once you churn that stuff out, you can look at it and look for things that are meaningful to you, and then you can you can start editing and and you know, it's kind of, it's like sculpting clay. Like you don't want to be too kind of a, you don't want to have too much preconception about what it is that you're going to be writing. You almost want to, and all of this, all of this that I have just said, all of this stuff is one way of approaching it. And you can have a totally different way of approaching it where, you know, you might want to do this very methodical, um, research-based kind of um, process. I, I, I don't, I'm personally more of the Bradbury style of, you know, just just shoot it off and, and see what happens. I think Anais Nin also has a similar quote about how she says that, so she keeps a diary and she she kept, so she, um, she died a long time ago, but she kept a diary and she said that um, practicing writing about whatever caught her attention every day in her diary helped her develop like this very natural um, like it's like surfing the waves, like you just practice riffing off of whatever it is that you found interesting that day, and over time, just by practicing that, you develop a sense for what is interesting, like interestingness in general, and then you know then you get an ass- like i think she was she probably wrote like for magazines and stuff i 'm not too sure, but like so then when you get an assignment or something like that, you can kind of surf that and you want to move quickly through that and get to what is interesting and i I've, I've noticed this myself where stuff that I have written kind of um, off the cuff. Now I wake up in the middle of the night sometimes to go to the bathroom and then like, I have my phone and I'm like, let's just, just, something's on my mind, let's just riff off of it. And it it ends up pretty good. And then I've had situations where, you know, someone offers to pay me to write for some publication or something. And then I overthink it and then it gets stale. And then I'm kind of like, oh, there's so many things I could be saying. There's, There's so many, like by the time you get, in my experience, by the time you get to that kind of, um, you can over-engineer your writing and then when you get to the over-engineered state, it's like uh, whatever you do, it still doesn't seem to work. Like the life is kind of, there needs to be like this spark that runs through all of any body of writing, I think. And uh, and again, this is just my kind of subjective frame and like you may find some other writer who has like completely rejects that and he has his own way of doing it that makes sense for him and kind of uh, produces great, great work and it's like, oh, I write one sentence at a time every day or something like that. And I think that's totally fine as well because I think what happens is you want a process that is representative of the way you think. Like it's, it has to be like a, so your, your brain is your brain, right? And the way your mind works is the way your mind works. And you have to design your system or your routine or your non-routine or whatever, the way that you approach creative writing or creative anything it should fit like a glove over the way your brain works and so like and for me i find that the only way to get around to that is just kind of rambling randomly every day and each time i do it i get a bit better at it but yeah I, i'm not sure what your question was already i lost, I lost the size of your question. <laughs> no this is great you this is great you were asking uh, let me try to remember you were asking um what is the process was that it or
0: it's uh how do we get our creative juices flowing right if we want to really focus on content
1: right flowing so yeah i i wonder if you know so i i don't the interesting thing is you know i I like to look to look to children so like children never ask that question right when you're when when a child wants to play they don't ask how do i get my play (laughs) on right it's because it's 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 a natural state for Child children to be playful and to explore and to have fun and like they're playing with dolls or they're playing with a cardboard box mm-hmm. or they're just they're naturally creative and so what happens I think is as we grow older and, and this is partially necessary we develop these kind of suppressing um, impulses we develop like a, oh you know I don't have time or energy to to be playful about everything around me like I have responsibilities now like the children don't have bills to pay so they, have, they can do whatever they like <laughs> And as you get more responsibilities, as you have bills to pay, you have deadlines, obligations. So you start to have all of these kind of uh, you. It's almost like you you shackle your mind a little bit. And you know, I I I realize the word shackle has like negative connotations, and yeah, I kind of reveal my biases there when I talk about these things. But uh, I do think that it is necessary for adults to, with responsibilities and bills to pay, and you know, people to take care of that. You do have to kind of learn. How to contain your play and contain your creativity, but um, where appropriate. But fundamentally, I think um, how do you unlock uh, your creative juices? Kind of question is, is, slightly, is, the, is slightly the wrong frame. But it, again, it depends on, on who's asking and how they're asking it. But usually, I think people tend to, uh, people who don't actively have a creative process where they are making stuff all the time. Like people who are kind of like, I'm not a creative person and I want to be a creative person. They they tend to have this sense of like there's something I will do or some place I will go or some book I will read and then like after that something will click and then I will feel creativity kind of bursting through my veins. Which if you do make stuff all the time, you will find that once in a while you have that experience of feeling uncommonly expressive like wow today the the muse is visiting me today and like everything is i touch is turning to gold sometimes that happens and that's like a gift of the creative process but you almost can't depend on that because you never know when it's going to happen so like even even and i've read like you know um elizabeth gilbert who wrote eat pray love she talks about this in a TED talk and she's like my job is to show up every day and write, and like if you're lucky once in a while the genius or whoever will visit and come and and um Enact their magic through you, but like the difference between kind of the professional and the amateur is that the professional shows up every day no matter what and um I mean so that's that's kind of a the big picture kind of how you frame your relationship with like creative output in general, but I mean at the same time I think so again the question you asked I think there's two ways of of interpreting it, and one is that you know how do you kind of live a creative life in the grand scheme of things and and for that there's you know you should you should travel more you should try new things you should eat new food meet new people go on podcasts It's just you know kind of anything that gets you out of your daily routine because the more you have this kind of very, very strict routine where everything is super stable and familiar your world kind of becomes smaller and so you know every time you go to a new place and it doesn't need to be literally traveling it could just be you know hanging out with your nephew or niece and seeing through their eyes right it's just it's just I think I think just recognizing that um, everything is potentially fresh and slightly alien in a good way. Uh, just recognizing that that's true, I think, is a great start to kind of wanting to be more creative. Like just just exp, exp, you don't need to become something else. You just need to kind of wake up to the crazy infinite possibility of everything around you all the time which can sound a little bit wooey I know but like uh, it's true it's like um you know even you you look around you like I'm looking at I'm looking at like my desk right now and there's like a there's like pens and and scissors you know and I'm like oh you know who who invented scissors right like what was the first (laughs) you know stainless steel handles like like it's just you can you can ask questions so maybe 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 questions like maybe 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 that's what I would go with I think um don't try to be creative. Just because when you try too hard to be creative, ironically, you end up kind of the expectations you set on yourself become burdensome and then like you kind of get stuck. So you almost don't want to try to be creative, you just want to fool around. And so I would I recommend, um, yeah, I recommend fooling around, asking questions, and, and chasing after the questions with like persistence but not neediness. So like you don't need every sentence you write to be like gold because it won't be. Even like the best authors of all time, they're like, oh, I write 10 pages and nine pages goes in the trash, you know? So you accept that and you just kind of, I'm, I'm going to have fun today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see something in a different light today. I'm going to ask some weird question today. And you just do that often over and over again. And you look back and you'll be like, oh, that was good. And then you can, that's your stuff.
0: Wow. So many good points. <laughs> Yes. Agreed. And two points to go off of that. One is I'd recommend that listeners go and follow Visicon on Twitter Mm -hmm. because you are pumping out great (laughs) content every day on anything. So if you want to become a more creative individual, you need some sort of inspiration, Mm -hmm. I'd say. So you're a great model and everybody should do that. We'll include those links in the description below. Second thing is I'm thinking to myself at a fundamental level, it seems like people need to cultivate a sense of curiosity as a precursor yes. to create creativity. Would you agree with that?
1: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, so, you know, if you flip it on its head, how do you be creative if you're not curious? You know, it's like um, you, have to, you have to believe that there's something that doesn't exist yet that should exist because it will be interesting. And you want to find out what that is, right? So there is, there is a fundamental curiosity to all creative work. And I think, in fact, I think you can even say that if you have somebody who is doing creative work but they are not curious anymore or like, you know, it, it could be a lull period maybe like they're tired or stressed or whatever or, you know, sometimes you find a formula that works and then you just kind of replicate it. But if there isn't curiosity any, anymore, it it kind of loses its playfulness. If like you feel, if you're like going to a, you know, a, a concert maybe and you just feel that the people on stage, then, you know, they're kind of playing the same things that they've always played and they don't, they they don't feel any sense of surprise, any sense of uh exploration then like they then they themselves will kind of feel stale and boring amongst themselves, and if they feel it, then the audience is going to feel that as well then the whole thing is like oh i went to, I went to a concert. it was all right you know it's, and it's, it's just okay, but like <laughs> it's when it's when you're exploring together it's when you feel like the artist or the writer or whoever is like. When you sense that they are excited and they themselves don't entirely know what's going to happen, like that's when it's, ooh, it's exciting. It's like, what's going to happen? Let's find out. Yeah, so curiosity yeah. Is, is super important. That's fantastic.
0: So Visicon, to close this interview, can you give the listeners mm-hmm. an idea of where they can find you online and perhaps any projects you're currently involved in? Uh,
1: I mean, yeah, you can just Google me. I have a unique name. So it's, um, I'm, I've been blessed with a very unique name. So as long as you Google me, you'll find me. Uh, but, like, my Twitter is Bisagan V, V I S A K A N V. And yeah, you, I have a blog, but uh, I'm currently in the process of kind of uh, doing an overhaul. So, my blog is kind of like a junkyard for the past 10 years, full of notes and, and blog posts. And uh, I'm trying to kind of, it's like herding cats. I'm trying to get them to line up in a, aesthetically pleasing way that's reader friendly but uh, the best place to kind of uh, get a sense of my stuff is on Twitter and if you come to my Twitter the pinned tweet is a link to um, a bunch of my kind of best of threads and so that's a good place to kind of get a sense of my thinking uh, stuff that I'm curious about and yeah so that's pretty good stuff I'm working on next I, I have a whole bunch of things that are kind of in various states of uh, completion so I actually i 'm sitting on the draft of a novel that I wrote a couple of years ago. Uh, that novel is about a bunch of teenage musicians kind of finding family in each other and then finding conflict between friends and how they deal with that but I probably won 't be publishing that until I publish a few other smaller things first uh, the other things i 'm working on I have uh, an e book called uh, Introspect, which is kind of a list of so it 's not i mean it's not it 's not out yet but it 's a uh, it 's basically a kind of uh it's like a letter to my younger self, like a collection of short blog posts, short essays on just how to direct your thinking. It's not so much what you should think, but just like good questions to ask yourself and like what you kind of want to get out of it and just things that will upgrade your, your thinking. So I'll pro- hopefully release that um, by the end of the year if, I, if I'm productive. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and I have, I have many, many more things. If, if you go to my Patreon, uh, you, don't, I'm not, you don't necessarily have to be my patron, but if you go to my Patreon page, which is also the same uh you get to see a long list of like future projects that I have in mind. So I already have like a, more than enough projects to fill an entire lifetime, which is pretty crazy because it means that, and I, I almost definitely kind of uh, come up with new ideas that will have to displace other ideas. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, that's, that's all my stuff.
0: <laughs> all right.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you for having me.